Welcome, everybody, um, to this very special edition of the Panther Pod. Um, as always, you know, it's Owen Spelnick, it's Cole Connor. This week, we've got an extra special guest. Say hello to everybody. What's up, everybody? I'm Chandler Breeden on the Ferrum College football team. Um, Chandler, we'd like to thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Appreciate it, as always. Uh, we're very stoked for the game this week against UVA Wise. We're definitely looking forward to that. Um, I mean, with that, I'm Cole Connor. I'm Owen Spelnick. I'm Chandler Breeden. And you're listening to The Panther Pod. Cool. So, majority of this episode, it's all going to be about Chandler. It's all going to be about Ferrum this episode. You know, our namesake here on The Panther Pod. So, let's just start it off. Uh, Chandler, got a few questions here for you. So... Your senior this year here at Farum. When you recruited out of high school, who recruited you from Farum, and and why did you ultimately end up choosing Farum? So I really didn't know about Farum until my senior year of high school. Uh, we had just lost in the state semifinal game that we hosted at home, uh, and a week after that, a uh, man by the name of Devin Sproles, Coach Sproles, he came to. Uh, to East Rock to, to recruit me and a few other of my teammates. And he was just a straight shooter, really cool guy, a lot of energy, a lot of fire. And I said, you know, it, it really intrigued me. So I, you know, considered fair. And, you know, he was um, very adamant um, about me and my teammates trying to, you know, recruit us. And I figured, hey, you know, I'll go down for a visit. Really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a welcoming atmosphere, a welcoming environment. The people on campus, you know, from the professors to, you know, the coaches, everybody, uh, and even the, the players at the time, uh, you know, just straightforward, really cool people. And, uh, you know, it, it's, in a, it's in a great location, I think. A lot of people, you know, they might come down here, stay for a year or two. Who don't enjoy it, they'll, they'll say there's nothing down here. But I, I disagree. I think it's what you make of it. And I really like being away from – from big cities, and I, I like the, the peace and quiet. And, uh, you know, I, I eventually came back uh, for an overnight, uh, an overnight visit to Ferrum, and, and that's when I made up my mind. What other offers do you have other than just Ferrum? Like, was there any other ODAC schools? I know Shenandoah's kind of up that way. Did they offer you anything? Or Yes, sir. So I had a couple visits with Shenandoah uh, and Emory and Henry. Uh, I had a visit with uh, UVA Wise, actually, oh, my okay. junior year. Um, and then also Tusculum College, which at the time they were Tusculum College. Now they're Tusculum University. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those were those were the five main schools, really. Um, but Ferrum was just – I felt like that was home. So I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Um, again, got a few questions for you. Uh, what's your favorite memory across any level uh, playing football? I would just have to say probably my senior year of high school. Leading up to that, I mean, we had a lot of goals that we wanted to accomplish, just like every single year, every high school out there. Um, you know, we are the last team to ever beat Riverheads High School. I'm, I'm throwing that in. I got a couple team yeah, teammates absolutely. on there my team go. Go uh, who went to Riverheads, but – um, 
yeah, we're the last team to ever beat them. Uh, they're on a, a crazy winning streak. So we, we accomplished that. We had never beaten those guys. We had never won the district. That year we won it. And we had never won the regional championship. And that year we won it. Of course, we came up short, um, state semis. But it was great to play with those guys um, for as long as I did, going back to when we were, you know, seven, eight-year-olds, you know, playing, you know, flag football. You know, and, uh, you know, of course, as we got older, we stuck with it. We stuck together. And just accomplishing that um, with those guys was, was something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I like it. So you said, you know, senior year of high school football. Yeah. All right, well, now you're a senior in college. Right. And if, if I understand correctly, you're second-year captain. Yes, for what is that process for selecting a team captain? Like, what what, what goes on in that process? Well, um, the captains from the previous year who, uh, you know, are still on the team, obviously you'll lose some turnover with, uh, you know, guys who graduate. Um, you know, they'll, they'll just sit down and, and they'll vote who they think is uh, – well, those guys and Coach Adams, uh, they'll sit down and, and they'll, they'll vote and – you know, they have some candidates, you know, uh, who they think best fits to be a captain. And I was fortunate to, you know, be a captain last year. But uh, this year I was fortunate to, to be one of the, the four guys. Um, you know, we, we lost some guys, um, you know, transfer and, and – uh, but mostly graduates. Mm-hmm. So just kind of sitting there and, and, you know, we were, you know, picking apart, you know, the team and, and – just really trying to narrow it down who would best fit. And, and it was tough in the end because, you know, we, we do have a lot of leaders on this team. Um, you know, we can't have, you know, 30 captains out there. But we do have a bunch of guys who who qualified, and, and it was tough to narrow it down. But I think we did a really good job with that. So how does that make you feel knowing that, like, some of your older teammates really saw you as the leader, you kind of being – I say the younger guy, but you're, you're, the, you're the veteran this year. But at the time, you were the younger guy for those guys. So how would that make you feel knowing that the guys you looked up to as captains and as leaders of the football team saw you in that same way as well? I really appreciated it. I mean, just kind of, you know, I, I don't really – I'm not a guy that, you know, says, look what I'm doing. This is what I've got going on. I just kind of lead by example, you know, show up to everything on time, um, you know, just do what the coaches say and and just kind of, you know, just get something out of everything regardless of, of what uh, what it is, you know. This is why, you know, ask questions, you know, that's another, just, just stuff like that. Um, but to have that, to have them look at me as a, as a leader, as a captain, uh, that was something pretty special, and, and I really appreciated that. So. Um, one thing that I did notice, just kind of, you know, obviously we did some of our homework um, looking at the roster, um, everything like that. One thing I did notice is uh, your number, number right. 10. Um, do you have a specific reason? Uh, obviously, number 10 is kind of different for a linebacker. Normally, for linebackers, you see 50s, 40s. Um, that kind of thing do you have a specific meaning behind it or any specific reasoning yes sir so my granddad he wore number 10 and uh all the grandkids that he had at one point in their lives they wore that number Mm -hmm. and uh you know he passed away actually last week 
So this season, I mean, it's dedicated to, you know, absolutely everybody, you know, like this is this is fair in football, you know, we're going out there to to win. I mean, but it's it's dedicated for me, it's dedicated to him too. Uh, you know, he was always there for me and uh that's why we're number 10. Definitely very sorry to hear about that um, last week, and we offer our condolences for sure. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, you talked about what this season's for, obviously, you know, with your grandfather not being with you. This puts extra emphasis on it. But, you know, what are these emotions leading up to your last collegiate ga- – I say your last collegiate game, your last collegiate season? Uh, well, you know, I was I was talking to my dad the other night about it. Um, it is – it's bittersweet. I mean – you know, because eventually there is life after football. And, uh, you know, you got to go out in the real world and work. But, you know, I've done this countless times, uh, you know, this season, and it's just started, you know. Just kind of looking, just just stopping and, and just taking a look around and taking it all in because this is it, you know. So it's uh, – like I said, it's bittersweet, but uh, all great things must come to an end. So let's uh, let's end it the right way, and let's go. You know, obviously take it one game at a time, but let's go win a NODAC championship. Absolutely, I like it. So Chandler, last season, you had a total of twenty tackles, nine of those being solo tackles, eleven of those being assists, and then which averaged out to about two tackles per game. So, I mean. Pretty good there. That's a good average. What are your defensive goals, you personally, walking into this season? Well, so I don't really have any individual uh, goals or, or, you know, accolades or anything like that. I just I just want to go out there and, and win at the end of the day. Um, you know, I know we've all worked extremely hard. Um, so, so to me, just walking off the field and looking back at the scoreboard – and it's in our favor. That's kind of really all I'm worried about. Um, but also doing my job. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, but in order for us to do that as a team, you know, every one eleven, you know, we all need to do our job out there if we want to accomplish what what we want to. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. Um, Cole, you, you mind if I got one more? Yeah, go for it. Um, so speaking of defensive team. My next question was actually going to be, uh, what do you expect your, defu- uh, your your unit to really excel in this season, and what do you hope to improve upon from last season? You're talking about the defense. Mm-hmm. I really believe that we have a, a really strong front seven, um, you know, especially the defensive line. I mean, linebackers as well, but just kind of watching, I mean, as a, as a unit, this this uh, past spring and, and summer in the weight room, we all have been, you know, banging out in the weight room mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, getting strong in there. Our defensive line is is strongest part of our team, if, if, you, if you look at it. And uh, those guys are just dominant up front. And that's really where games are won and lost is in the trenches. So I think, you know, they're going to have a really good season. I'm excited to watch them. I'm glad to get to play alongside them. Uh, there's some freaks out there, yeah. so um, especially you know when you turn on the tape. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to watch that group and how they do. Cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of watching the group, we've got one last question for you. Or sorry, two more. <laughs> um, watching 
your defense and watching the team as a whole? I know you said you're you're very win oriented. Um, do you have a game that you have circled in your calendar this season? Well, so in order to get to where we want to, we have to take it one game at a time, mm-hmm. and we can't necessarily look ahead. So just taking it one game at a time, and, and it starts tomorrow night with Wise. Um, so there's definitely there's definitely some games where you know that that, that do stand out more than others uh, for for various reasons, but. Um, it starts tomorrow night, and I, th- I think a big part of that is because you know these they're paying us to come down there and play them, and they're thinking that you know they probably it's their home opener, so they're going to be excited, they're going to be juiced up, ready to play us. But they paid for an easy win, is yeah. is why they paid a, a it's, it's, division lower team to come. It's down their tune up game, right? Essentially, exactly. That's so, the way they're seeing it. Anyway. So. We take that, you know, as a little bit of a disrespectful kind as of you connotation should. to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you, you know, we're not, you know, we're not a cupcake on anybody's schedule. No. You know, that's so the mindset for tomorrow night is, you know, obviously go out there and do your job, but we do have a, a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. A little kick them in your teeth mentality. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I like it. I mean, if you want a cupcake win, then put Guilford on the schedule. But Quaker. Oh, <laughs> now, I will say this: as fans, I think uh, me and Cole definitely have this game circle. It's the last game of the season against Averett. You okay. know, big game last year. Right. So that's as fans, we have that circled, and I'm sure you have that circled a little bit. But like you said, it, it, you do have to take it one game at a time. And right now, I mean, that's weeks on down the road. Right. Why is this the main priority right now? Right. Um last thing i have for you and this is this is more so just for clarification parts on our part yeah um (laughs) could you name us a starting quarterback from what i have heard um through the grapevine Braden hawkins will be the starter but that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. Ooh, okay. Right. Fair I enough. Like I'm just going to tell enough. you what, what hey, I heard. We got a name. That's all I'm looking for. That's all we're looking for here. So, hey, that's great. Um, you know, we talked about UVA wise a little bit. Y'all got a chip on your shoulder, real right. bad taste in your mouth because they claim that this is going to be a cupcake win. Right. You know, for preparing for this game, what are some tendencies that they have that you guys, as the Ferrum defense, are looking to expose? If you can tell us any, because I know you're trying to right. keep that under wraps as much as you can. Uh, schematic wise, I'll I'll leave that uh, I'll leave that kind of under the table, but um, let it play out in the game, yeah. right? But uh, they do uh, they do have some really good players. If we uh, you know don't get pressure on the quarterback and you know don't get into our our proper drops in the pass game, he can deliver a good ball. So we really have to keep an eye on that and and just be disciplined and. B gap sound in our defense, and uh, you know the running back. He's he's very patient. He, he doesn't get into a rush. He waits for the hold open, and he's uh, got very very good vision. And um, and they got some uh, some some quick receivers on the outside and in the slots. So we just have to be mindful of that, and uh, you know vice tackle, rally to the ball, and uh, you know just just. Uh, we're going to play physical. We're not really worried about that. We just need to stay disciplined and, and do our job. Um, 
I don't know if y'all knew this. Ferrum and UVA Wise have played before, uh, okay. twice. The last time they played, September 13th, 1997, 7-0 UVA Wise. Wow. Time before that, 17-14 1996, UVA Wise again. 2-0, both very, very tight games, no matter the division, no matter anything. Obviously, Ferrum is a dangerous team, and they're... Frankly, they're they're a tougher team than we've seen in the past, you know, um, couple seasons um, under them. As, as you've said, with you know the emphasis on the weight room, emphasis on the front seven, offensively and defensively. Um, I talked to some of the offensive linemen the other day from Therum, biggest guys I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and that's that coming from me. Coming right? from you, a big man yourself. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but no, you, you can definitely see the passion. You can definitely see the work that uh, Ferrum has put in. And, and hopefully it, it makes this season exciting and interesting to watch because right. there's a very good probability that it ends with the ODAC championship. Mm-hmm. really hope so. Well, and I, I'll say this too. I think that proved, you know, UVA's why, UVA-wise is looking for an easy win. I think those past two wins that they had proved they're not so easy after all. Yeah, you know? Right. So, you know, they're – and I'll say this too: third time's a charm. So yeah, absolutely. There, you know, there you go. I just, you know, it's just so funny to me that they're like, "Oh, this is an easy win." Well, the past two times you played, you only you only won. You have not won more by more than just a touchdown. Like it's yeah, been a touchdown right. or less. So that is optimistic looking into it for Farum and y'all um, as a as as a team in general. So right. Um, but speaking of Ferrum's offense, you talked a little bit about UVA Wise offense. Offensively, Ferrum loses Titus Jones, Tamate right. Penn, Nick Cook, and now the Jared and now Jared Mosby, who's the transfer wide receiver from Averett. If if at all you can tell us from what you've seen on the defensive side, are they looking more are they going to trend towards more of a ground and pound kind of offense or are they going to kind of keep things the same because with Titus they did throw the ball around quite a bit well we I, I believe we have a new identity offensively um, you know JD Shaw has been promoted to the offensive coordinator and just a, an extremely smart coach I mean you know coach Adams coach Shaw and of course now they've brought on coach Jack Turner I mean those three guys I mean they have they have changed our, our offense and also coach Santiago coaching receivers and coach Martin with the running backs um, just a, a spectacular group of, of coaches, and, and, and they know how to how to get their personnel in, and and you know, the, you know, change of pace, you know, uh, just getting people the ball. You know, I think in years past we've kind of struggled. Uh, we've been a little bit of one dimensional, but I think that's going to change this year. Um, you know what they're doing in practice. You know, I, I, I will say in, the, in years past, you know, defense has really, you know, beat up on the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, this camp, it's really been half and half, you know, it, which is, is, is good. That's it's very yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's a great thing to have. Right. Competition and, uh, is always good. Right. And I, I think uh, I think the it's funny. I, I think the first day that we were in full pads, I think the defense, we uh, – we got hit in the mouth a little bit because you know we were just just in years past we were we were used to you know to dominating them and uh, which is good because you know iron sharpens iron of course mm-hmm. um, so I, I'm really excited for for their new identity and, and and what they've got brewing so it'll be interesting to watch them. 
So you talk. So you talk about Coach Shaw being promoted to, to offense coordinator. Big news in the off season. Right. There's a lot. There's been a lot of transition within the past two years. Obviously, the COVID season really threw things off. Correct. With Farum, but Coach Adams, that's his first. That's his first year. He comes in in the COVID season. So, transit have it going through this transition period between one coaching staff and another. How's you know? How has the transition been since Coach Adams and his staff has taken over the program? Great. I mean, it. it I can tell you from from freshman year to now, it has changed dramatically. Coach Adams is really – he's starting to, to, to get the gears going, starting to change things here. Um, you know, my freshman year, was, it was a little raggedy. It was uh, – you know, the culture, it was – we just weren't in a good place. And he's really turning it around. Um, and, you know, not just really, you know, from the football aspect. Because he teaches us, you know, real-life situations and, and how to be a man – uh, that's his whole, you know. Hashtag bam. Hashtag bam. Got to. Absolutely. And that to me is, is, is a big part because it translates to the real world. And, you know, you can't play football forever. Football does teach you great life lessons uh, and how to handle with adversity. But he's gearing us up and getting us ready for the real world, which is, I think, something that we've need. We've needed a guy like Coach Adams. And, you know, not just from the football aspect too, as well, because him and his wife do a great job on the other side of the a- athletic, from the athletics to uh, the academic piece, and the campus life, and, and out in the community, uh, they're just an intricate part, and and what's going on there now, it's it's definitely a different vibe, and what's going on there. So I, it's been great. I'm really excited and uh, couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, you know, to have him here and, and you know, just a, a great leader. Well, it's been exciting for us as fans as well, knowing that he's a Farum alum, that he Absolutely. played under Coach Hank Norton. Yes, sir. You know, so it's been a great homecoming, I think, for him, you know, coming over from the dark side over there at Averitt, you know. To <laughs> down the road, yeah. <laughs> down, down the road. Down the road. Uh, yeah. You know, down the road used to mean 40 West, but, you right. know, they move, they, they move division of snobs, move division two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we'll see you, how that works out for him. We'll see how that yeah. works out with them. Um, but, you know, it, it has been exciting. This – and and maybe you felt this way as well, but I think as fans, it, it's been kind of a I say wait and see period, but it's been kind of a in limbo period since Hank Norton left, since he retired. You know, you come off of a great great tenure as head coach, and then you've had a couple of good seasons here and there, right. and then you obviously switch conferences a couple of years ago, going from USA South to the ODAC. So it's been it's it's been kind of a roller coaster ever since. Hank Norton came in, but it's nice to finally have somebody like Coach Adams, who is from Farum, went to Farum, played football at Farum, and brings back that old Norton mentality of how to play Farum football down here in Forty West. Oh, so, absolutely! Play good black hat football. Black yeah, hat, there you black go. hat football. There you go. Um, speaking of ODAC, though, I don't know if you saw the preseason rankings, but the ODAC preseason rankings came out. Farum was ranked fifth. Right. In the preseason, in, in the preseason, behind Shenandoah, who y'all did beat last year for the homecoming game, um, do you feel like Farron was ranked correctly, or do you feel like you know you're, un, uh, I say underrated, or yeah, underrated? I feel like is what yeah, how the ODAC would, yeah. Well, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, we do feel a little disrespected, um, 
you know, obviously, you know, five out of eight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, it's preseason rankings, and uh, you know, we can sit here and and you know, get mad about that all day, and or we can just go out there and we can, we can show everybody, you know, what we've got and and you know, what we are. But it it is a little frustrating, uh, you know, to be to be ranked five. But until we go out there and and show people who we are and what we can do, I mean, that'll be that'll be what we're recognized as. And 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 it's it's tough, um, you know. But that's that's how it is. So just go out there and prove them wrong. Chip on her shoulder. Um, and one more question too is, Farum. Uh, you know, like I said, you're a senior. Is there one game during college that really sticks out to you, whether that be the, the Shenandoah game last year or that just there be a really close game that you remember? Or maybe it was something that you felt like you didn't do great at, but you came back the next season or the next game and just were ready to play ball. I would say last year, um, first game of the season, Coach Adams' first regular season game at home I know obviously we played in the, the COVID season the COVID season was weird we didn't really count that as like his first year it was like right. half a year or something right. like that you know absolutely so it was because we actually did have a crowd mm-hmm. and it, it was a good crowd under the lights oh yeah we were there <laughs> right yeah. it was a great crowd oh, yeah. oh absolutely and and that kind of you know college football atmosphere uh was amazing and and for him to be that really be his you know I guess you'd say official um you know, first home game mm-hmm. uh, as, as uh, Ferrum's head coach against the school that he came from. Mm-hmm. We were going in, we were like, man, we got to win this game. Like it, like it wasn't, you know, obviously we have to, you know. Yeah, win every that, game. Yeah. Win every game. But we knew what the stakes were, and, and, you know, we knew my freshman year we played eight or down the road. We played them at home. Mm-hmm. We referred to them as down the road. Uh, we, what, we don't know, say that's name. really funny. That's what Berger said last year. That's down what, yeah, he play, referred to the team as down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we don't really say anybody's name. I mean, but they are down the road to us. Yeah. So my freshman They're literally year, literally beneath us. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, my freshman year when he was the head coach there. I mean, they I, I believe they beat us thirty five to twelve. Like we kicked you know four field goals and. You know, they just they punked us. I mean, they they beat the beat the tar out of us. I mean, they were they were just they were they were more in shape. They were just they were more disciplined. They were ready, and we weren't. And you know, for we so we had that in mind as well. But of course, with Coach Adams coming to Ferrum, you know, and, and that being the first game, we knew what the stakes were, and the stakes were high. And uh, you know, what better way to kick off a season? Uh, under the lights, and tomorrow night we will be doing the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so that goes with this question. You know, are you ready for the Thursday night lights? You ready for those? You know, oh, is that a trick question? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because <laughs> kind I have a uh, redundant question. <laughs> right. I, I would say. <laughs> well, so I haven't played a Thursday night football game since I was in like eighth grade. Oh wow! JMB. Yeah. So you know, because of course Friday night lights and uh, you know from a sophomore to senior year of high school, and you typically play on Saturdays mm-hmm. in college. So this is uh, going to be a little interesting. It's going to be fun. Um, 
but then also waking up for for breakfast check the next day after we get back, you know, mm. at two two thirty in the morning. That'll be a little rough, but uh, it'll be it'll be a lot more enjoyable after after a win. I can yeah. tell you that. Yep. So. Well, hey, you got anything else? Um, only other question that I have: What key differences do you notice playing in college versus high school? Definitely the speed and physicality, and also everybody else is stronger. And I remember we were playing against uh, W&L my freshman year. It was my first game. It was week four. I was on kickoff return. And I wasn't jogging to my to my drop. I sprinted back to my drop for kickoff return. And I turned around, and these guys are moving. And I'm thinking, this ain't high school anymore, Chan. So the speed of the game, the physicality, and, and, and the players, their strength, it's, uh, it's different. And, and I knew that coming in, but going out on the field and actually playing against you know, those guys when you're an 18-year-old and, and these guys are 21, 22, some 23-year-olds, there's definitely a difference. And uh, it's, it's pretty unbelievable when you get out there and experience it. I know um, – in the Concord locker room, we used to always say before we played that, you know, essentially every single college in America is an all-star team yeah. for, you know, the standout players of – and no matter what, I mean, you're there for a reason. Right. And the reason is is you're pretty darn good at football. Right. So, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely – there. not a whole lot of people realize the step up between any level of college versus high school and you know talking to Ferrum players talking to other college athletes you start to kind of get a grasp at that so well and I got a question for both of you because I didn't play high school I didn't play high school I didn't play football in high school I have I've never played football I just enjoy watching the game at what point when you're in college does the game really start to slow down for you does it really just depend on the player or you want to attack this first, or yeah, either way, I I can. Okay. Um, for me, it was when I started to understand the offensive scheme. Obviously, I played offensive line. I wasn't a big slow dumb animal. Um, <laughs> I, I was wondering if that was going to come up. <laughs> oh, but no, and again, just picking. Um, for me, it was really when I started to understand the blocking scheme that Concord had in place. Um, versus what Franklin County had, which we were a man and Concord was a zone. Okay. So it was definitely that difference on top of also having, you know, a former um, University of Tennessee offensive line coach, uh, Doug Mahoney. He was the offensive coordinator there for uh, two, three years, and he brought a lot of knowledge and experience to the game. Um once I understood that, it slowed down quite a good bit. And then also once I was put through the conditioning program and lost 80, 90 pounds um, within the first camp, um, it, it definitely was an experience. And it helped a lot. What about uh, yourself? Well, for me, I would say just kind of – not only understanding what what I need to do as a player for for my job out there on the field, but understanding what the other guys are doing as well. You know, I, it's not just oh I'm I'm taking this gap 
why I'm taking this gap because we have, you know, so-and-so in this gap, so-and-so in this gap, same thing with past coverages. So just kind of seeing it as a, as a whole, the whole picture, the whole play as a, as a, as a whole. And, you know, just kind of schematically, like, this is why we're doing this instead of, well, I don't know what's going on. I'm just doing my own, you know, I'm, I know what to do. That's, that's great. But when you understand it, you know, because we have a guy here, because we have an ex here and so on, um, I think that's when it really slowed down for me. And just, uh, just experience as well, uh, just going out there and, and repetition after repetition and, um, you know, just things like that, I think, is, is really what helped me. I like it. As someone who never played football, I've always, uh, you know, I was like, it's football. I mean, I get there's a difference between high school and college, and even for a small Division three college, I was like, there's, there's, there can't be that much difference. But, you know, obviously from you two, it's, it's like going, you know, it's, it's completely different. So, 100%. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. This has got me hyped for football. Like, I got, like, the juices are flowing, man. Oh, yeah. Like, the blood's pumping. I'm ready. I'm ready. And is it because that tomorrow's football season? Probably. And I don't have to wait long. But, I mean, it's football season. You oh, know, yeah. we're back. Right. We are back. So, we're going to continue on here a little bit. And we're going to talk about um, transition from Farm a little bit, and Chandler's going to stay right here with us. Is we're going to talk about some games coming up. Obviously, we're going to get to that big game where the you know we talk about Farm UVA wise, and we're and it's a big game tomorrow night. All right, it's a real big game tomorrow night. Um, before we get to that, we had a couple games that we want to highlight. Uh, first one, Cole, Oregon, Georgia. Mm. Wow. I am excited that football is back um how are the defending national champions going to answer the call in week one are they going to start the season off the right way uh by losing to oregon to better lsu's chances at winning this year um (laughs) or the same division (laughs) or either we're still in the sec come on now um or are they going to do it the wrong way and crush Oregon underfoot and prove <laughs> that they deserve to be in the national championship last year? Because I think that a lot of people last year, from what I've heard, and I don't know if either one of you have heard this as well, they didn't think that Georgia should have made it in the top four, which I don't know if that's just discontent from the same four teams always being involved in it or, you know, and obviously – you're sitting high on the horse. Um, but we're, 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 we'll, we'll get to that later. We're going to get to him, Cole. Um, but, no, I'm excited for Georgia-Oregon. I think Georgia – you know, I I think Georgia wins, personally. Um, I'm not going to give a score prediction mm-hmm. uh, just because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> I hope that Oregon can pull it off. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that Georgia wins this game fairly hands down. Taylor? I would have to agree with you. Um, you know, Georgia did lose a lot of players in the draft, especially from the defensive side of the ball. So that will be interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, it is Georgia. You know, they can just they 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 reload. You know, it's uh, you know they did lose some of that veteran leadership. I believe all three linebackers were drafted. Uh, a good amount of that defensive line was drafted as well. And and uh, you know. The year before that, they did lose their two starting corners to the draft as well. So, um, 
it will be interesting to see, but I, I do believe Georgia comes out on top. You know, I'm agree with you on this one. There's a lot of turnover there at Oregon. Oregon's got the new head coach, Dan Lanning, who, by yeah, the way, right. was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. So yeah. not only okay. does Georgia lose player, yeah, it's a homecoming, but not only does Georgia lose players, but wow. also loses its coordinator. And something I, I will say this, and this is a Farham tidbit as well, is you always say the Fer- the defense at Farham has always came in, hit the offense in the mouth, and it's always been like that. You know, defense is a big man on campus. Yes, I think that's the same way it has been for Georgia as well. Right. And then from what we're kind of hearing at camp is that offense has come and it's it's starting to light up the defense a little bit. And is that because Kirby Smart wants to take a different approach or is it just because they've lost a little bit and that defense has to kind of re-gear itself to, you know, defend <laughs> defend an offense a little bit, be a little bit more lenient than what it has. You know, yeah. last year it was just right. hard-nosed defense. You're not just getting by Lights them. out. Lights out. Down. Yep, yeah. exactly. So the line on this, George is favored by 17. Mm. <laughs> the over-under is 53. Lord of mercy. That's brutal. I, oh, man. I think Georgia can get to 53, but Oregon – I don't know. I would love to see Oregon go in there and beat Georgia. That would be that'd, that'd be, be a statement. Win. That'd be that a would statement. Be phenomenal, win. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it certainly wouldn't be uh, Kirby Smart would not be starting off like Nick Saban did with being undefeated in, against his former assistants. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Oregon's ranked number eleventh. There's a reason they're the number eleven team in the nation, but. You've got to also remember, there's not. It's not just them at the top of Pac-12 anymore. They lost to Utah twice and blew, got blown out twice by Utah. So, I think Oregon's going to have a bit of a rebuilding season now. What a rebuilding season means right. for Oregon probably means nine and three, which is nice. I would yeah, love to have good. a rebuilding season <laughs> being nine and three for me. But like, but I, I agree with y'all. Georgia, even though they lost a lot on defense, they're still Georgia. I think it's just going to be a plug-and-place at this point. Like they're, they're getting to the point of Alabama where they just stack talent on right. talent on talent. Yeah. So where you don't – even though you lose guys, all right, well, the next man up is just as good, sometimes if better. If not better, yeah. If not better. So I got Georgia in this one. Um, and I, I think I think Georgia wins by, I'd say, at least three touchdowns. I, I do think it is interesting, though, with them losing – talking about Oregon – how they did lose Mario Cristobal to Miami. Mm-hmm. But getting a coach from Georgia's staff who – because Mario Cristobal used to be with Nick Saban in Alabama mm-hmm. when Kirby Smart was also there. So they get the coach from Georgia. Maybe he maybe he keeps the same culture there. You know, he knows Kirby Smart. They, you know. So that will be interesting, I think. But, uh, yeah, i got to take Georgia. And I think it's it's becoming nowadays more of the um, the popular hire is to hire defensive coordinators. You mm-hmm. kind of see that with was Kirby Smart an offensive guy or defensive guy at Alabama? Defensive, Defense, guy. defensive Okay, defensive. so there you go, defensive guy. You hired Dan Lanning over there at, um, at Oregon, and then you, of course you're one of your favorite coaches, my boy. You get Dave Aranda at Baylor, and look what Baylor's done. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to look at that, and you know that same that that old saying is defense wins championships, is that um, – how do I phrase this here? That if you start with the defense first, if you have a rebuilding year and you build a good defense and then the offense comes on top of it, 
you've got you've got a pretty good team there. Now that's not saying that there are not people who are having success. Like I still think the sexy hire is an offensive coordinator. You look at Lane Kiffin over there at Ole Miss. Oh yeah. West Virginia hired Neil Brown, was, who was supposed to be an offensive guru. Mississippi State hires Mike Leach. You have all these yep. other these offensive minds. But personally, I, I would say looking now and looking at how these defensive-minded coaches go into playing game. Look at Brent Venables at Oklahoma. Yes. How, you know, their defense is supposed to be improved this year. Right. So, you know, if I if I'm going out looking for a new coach, I may lean more to the defense or look looking out for yeah, looking out for a new coach. I may lean more to the defensive side rather than the offensive offensive side just because of what I'm seeing nationally. Right. So, but that that's going to be an interesting game. Speaking on offensive coordinators, look at the biggest hire Arguably the biggest yes. hire of the offseason with Lincoln Riley. Right. It's true, but I look at what Lincoln that. Riley did at Oklahoma. Yeah, they right. won six straight national—not uh, national titles. I was about to say <laughs> six straight uh, conference championships. Right. Never could really do anything in the playoffs. <clears throat> Go Tigers! <laughs> and, sorry, you weren't the only ones. Um, they could. It was hard for them to do things in the playoffs. But I would say too, the Big Twelve went through kind of a, a different uh, transition period mm-hmm. as well, going from a big time, the defense is just going to try to keep up and keep them oh, yeah. from right. scoring 50 on, on you. If you can stop them at 50, you'll be fine, to now a, a pretty defensive league oh, with yeah. Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State, who's now at Ohio State. There's a reason they brought him in at Ohio right. State. So um, I still think Lincoln Riley's a good coach. Um, he obviously – like he – just kept on doing what Mark Stoops – or not Mark Stoops, Bob, Bob Stoops. Stoops. Mark yeah. Stoops is at Kentucky. Right. <laughs> yeah. But what Bob Stoops is doing at Oklahoma. And then here's the thing. I, I think USC will be good this year. Will they go to the conference championship? They shouldn't. They probably won't. It'll probably be a Utah-Oregon thing again. Absolutely. Uh, maybe UCLA with Chip Kelly. But I, I still think USC will be, a, will be a good team. They'll go for a good bowl this year. Uh, moving on, Cincinnati at Arkansas. The line for this one is Arkansas is favored by six and a half. The over okay. under the over under is fifty two. I I could see that because Cincinnati did lose some very good players. I mean Desmond Ritter, uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, Alk uh, Alk. Uh, he plays out at receiver. Alk Pierce. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did lose some some good players, uh, and then of course uh, Arkansas's quarterback is is coming back. So I. You know, Arkansas a few years ago they they were they were at the bottom. They were close to the bottom, but now they've uh, they're I mean they lost at Alabama last year by seven. So mm-hmm. they're definitely a better team. So that uh, that is kind of interesting. But oh, I mean, I would have to take I'd have to take the pigs, pig suey. I, I I'm gonna go with the pigs on this one as well. Um, I, just because I like Sam Pittman. I just think that's a cool story, going from O-line coach to head coach and just turning that place around. Um, I, I, I like the pigs. I think Cincinnati puts up a good fight. I do. Right. Luke Fickle's got a great program building over there. They're going to the Big 12. They're going to compete, and they're not going to be – you know, they're not going to go away for a while. But I just think at Cincinnati it's different losing a lot and being Georgia and losing a lot and being Cincinnati, a yes. group of five team. So I think Cincinnati does take a step back this year, and as much as it probably pains me to say this, I think Houston's going to be mm. going to be the next. I don't think they make the playoffs necessarily, but I do think they'll be the next AAC 
conference that champs. That dangerous team that can jump wow. up and surprise. Yeah. So, but I, I'm, I'm going to take Arkansas on this. They also got a transfer linebacker in from Alabama. Um, gosh, what is his name? That's one of those instances with, instances with Alabama where they just stack talent on talent. And yeah. even though he's a great player, he couldn't get enough playing time because there's another great player. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, I hate to be the odd man out at the table, but I'm going with Cincinnati. Okay. Wow. Um, I think that I think that Cincinnati last year was a team that had something to prove. I think that the same rings true for this year, if not more so. Um, I think the media coverage on Cincinnati, and again, even at the peak of their popularity, they were still fighting for airtime. Um, and I think the little that they did in the national attention uh, or with the national media definitely um, hurt them in the draft. I think it helped them in their recruiting class, and I think that Cincinnati is, again, kind of on that, okay, it's a rebuild season. We lost a lot of our good players to the draft and you know some graduates, but I think that give it two, three years, Cincinnati's easily competing for the Big 12 championship. Oh, right. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, next game up, Utah at Florida. They go down the swamp. Ugh. Utah's favored by three. Ooh. Over under 51 and a half. I got to go with Utah. I have to go with the favorite team. Um, Florida has not. Florida, I know last week I made a comment about Florida not releasing any kind of information from their spring training camp. I looked all this week for anything regarding Florida. And I don't know if you've seen anything as well. Not Uh, much. I haven't heard the first word about them. And usually that's not a good sign because you want to say, oh, man, our defense looks solid. Our offense, you know, is putting up numbers and scrimmages. Um, I haven't seen the first word about them. Wow. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or if that's, you know, Florida keeping it tight to the chest, trying to limit off-field issues, which they're not the U, but Florida is definitely known for its off-field issues. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, again, I'm going with Utah. I think they're the better program on and off the field. Um, I definitely think that Utah is going to be the team to watch out for at West okay. this year. Chandler? This a game of uh, you know, Urban Meyer. He was at the at uh, both of these schools. Um, so, I would have to say – I would have to say Utah. I know it's tough. You know, the Gator, they're playing the Swamp, correct? Mm-hmm. So that's tough. But I was really intrigued by Utah last year, especially at the end of the season. And in that Rose Bowl, do they win that game if their starting quarterback does not get hurt? I think so. Right. Absolutely. So, I think so. As close as they played them, even that, that entire game, even after the starting quarterback got hurt, right. I still think they have I, – I think they win it. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm kind of – I'm kind of leaning towards Utah as well, so I'm I'm with you on that one. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, oh, absolutely. I think one thing that hinders Utah in this game is they've never played in the swamp. They've never played in the SEC atmosphere, and that's, that's one true. thing the SEC is really well known for is the atmospheres. The only one I would say who doesn't have a great atmosphere is Vandy, and there's a reason <laughs> no, for that. Fair. fair. But, I mean, you look at South Carolina, who's a middle-of-the-road team. They pack that field every week. Kentucky, especially after last year, they packed that field. 
So, you know, that's I think that's one thing that Utah's got to look out for. And also the heat, the heat. as well. So what time is this game? 7, 7 p.m. Okay. But it's scheduled right now. The weather, the estimated weather is about 82. Which is yeah. still going to be hot. And just because it's nighttime don't mean the heat and humidity goes down. Exactly. It may drop to below 70, but when you're out there on the field, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, is oh, yeah. when it's hot, it's hot. You don't care how, You don't care what it is, whether it's 82 or 72. <laughs> it still feels hot, you know, especially oh, yeah. muggy right. out there. So I'm I'm agree with y'all. Utah, I think Utah's just the better program, um, a lot more stability, and the fact that they're also, like Utah had things falling their way a little bit more. Right. I think they would have been in the championship four last year. Oh, yeah. I don't see why they couldn't go this year. Um, they can't drop the games that they should not lose. So you should beat Oregon. You should beat UCLA. Yes. Um, should you definitely be. have to beat USC. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. absolutely. Well, and I, 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 w- I, would say, I would say you could drop one game to USC. Mm-hmm. If you play them in the regular season, you could drop one game. To USC, and that would be okay, as long as you lose one game. I think you're okay. Right. But I'm gonna go with Utah. I gotta go with the Utes here. So, I do think they are a dark horse team for the playoff. I do. I like the Utes. I would like to see the Utes go in there and possibly win the national championship. Oh yeah, Absolutely. a new like kind of fresh blood there, and we kind of saw that with Michigan last year. We did. Michigan and Cincinnati both is mm-hmm. these are two teams that have never been in the playoff before, so it was nice to see them. Even though they both kind of got a curb stomping a little bit, <laughs> Michigan I would say more than Cincinnati. Oh yeah, but um, <laughs> it would be nice to see these new teams. You know, a couple of new teams in there. All right, so that's Utah versus Florida. Uh, we got two more games to go. Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Notre Dame comes into Columbus. Oh. The line on this, OSU by 17, over-under is 59. OSU by 17? Mm-hmm. No way. No way? No way. That's another – I forgot about this. This is another defensive hire. It Notre is. Dame in um, – oh, shoot. His name is Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Marcus yes. Freeman. Um, <sighs> I think that – I don't think this is a must-win for Marcus Freeman. Um, I think that he has told his players and told his coaching staff that this is a must-win. And I think this would be a heck of a way to start off your college career, taking down the number two team in the entire nation. Uh, Granted, Notre Dame is ranked number five, so it's not that much of a jump, you know, reaching up and getting there. But... Notre Dame is always ranked in the top ten consistently. They right. always have been in the preseason poll. Yes. Um, didn't really do a whole lot in the transfer portal. They did have a solid recruiting class. If not, you know, eh, it, it's, it, it was an okay year. Um, I've got OSU winning. Um, I don't have them winning by 17. I think this is going to be one of the closest games this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if it went into overtime. Oh, interesting. Bold prediction. Right? Overtime week one. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I, I do think Ohio State's going to win this game. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he's coming back, and I know he lost Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave, um, but Jackson Smith and Enigma, he's still there. Um, and it's just like – we were talking about with Alabama. It's it's Ohio State. You know they can just reload, um, really with any position. Um, but I do think Notre Dame's going to have a 
a little bit of a new identity. I, I think they're going to prove some people wrong. I don't think Ohio State's going to win by, by 17, but I am going to take the Buckeyes in this one. I'm going to take the Buckeyes as well. Um, and I think one of the reasons, too, is because they hired Jim Knowles. They took Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was one of the things Ryan Day talked about last year was defense was not good enough. And if you look at that Michigan State – or not Michigan State game, Michigan game is they ran it up – they just pounded that, that D-line – they did. And into the secondary. I mean, they just – there was no stopping that Michigan run game on Ohio State's part of the side, on on the Ohio State defense. So I think that by adding in Jim Knowles – now that these are human beings we're dealing with, so it's not going to be perfect right off the bat. Right. It's not going to be an instant plug and play. If it is, it's great, which more than likely I think a lot of people are expecting. And I think a lot of Ohio State fans are expecting that as well. Um I do see them improving. I do see defensively they improve. So I'm going to go with Ohio State because I think their defense is much more improved. And Notre Dame, I just – and me and Cole talked about this. There's just – number five with a new coach, new quarterback. It's a little bit of a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. Good inside hire. I think it was a great hire for Notre Dame. Oh, absolutely. Top five team, though? No. They shouldn't have done it. But so. recruiting wise, they're doing well. They're recruiting mm-hmm. where they should be, which is top five. Just, I, no. I, I, yeah. Ohio State, I think, wins this one. I'm going to say a little bit more confidently. I will lean the 20, I will lean towards the, the 17 one. You think it's going to be a wow. blowout? I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say like they do win by 17, but I, I would not be surprised to see them win by two touchdowns. Okay. I can, okay. Okay, I mean, it's just two touchdowns and a field goal. I I wouldn't necessarily say that's blowout. That's a three possession game, um, but I, you know, I I I could see Ohio State at least two touchdowns. It um, is tough to play there too. It is tough shoot. to play. That's oh, another. Yeah. That's a night game. Seven thirty p.m. Oh man, it's gonna ABC. be loud. Yep. There. Yeah. Yep. Um, final game, and this is gonna get on to our team previews here. Chandler, would you please tell the audience? Uh, who your favorite team is? So, I'm an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Mm. I've met Nick Saban mm. himself twice in person. Mm. Um, and, I, as you can tell, uh, <laughs> we we have somebody sitting here who is not very fond of what I just told you all. I've said it before. <laughs> and I'll say it again. I hate Nick Saban <laughs> with passion. The, this is the greatest day of this podcast. <laughs> um, oh, I have. So, oh, um, wow. <laughs> so kind of previewing uh, the mighty number one Alabama. You know, obviously we talked about two and five Ohio State, Notre Dame. We talked about 11 and three Oregon, Georgia. Uh, twenty-three nineteen, Cincinnati, Arkansas. Um, we got the twenty-three nineteen. Twenty-three nineteen. I was thinking the exact same thing. Nice. Number one, Alabama plays unranked Utah State. Right. But mm. you know what, Cole? You know who they beat last week? Mm. UConn. The wow. <laughs> they they were that. It was a tough game for Utah State for the Aggies. <laughs> yeah. Almost lost to UConn out there. Who boy. <laughs> 
Is this a neutral site? No. No, it is not. It's at Alabama. It's, 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 at, <laughs> oh Brian, it's at Brian Denny. It's at Brian Denny. In Tuscaloosa. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alabama. Yeah. Do I have to say anything else? By, oh, yeah. by far. You wouldn't line on this one. Alabama by 41 and a half. What? Lord have mercy. The over under is 62, and I believe they'll hit. <laughs> I, I believe they hit, they hit it right there. I believe 62. I love that the second headline when you look up this game how much is Alabama Crimson Tide paying Utah State to play football games? Right. The Salt Lake Tribune. <laughs> um, it's got to be Alabama. And if like, it's not, I mean, then what happened to that rebuilding year that Nick Saban had last year? If you lose to Utah State, that's... 1-0, Utah State. Please. <laughs> Show some respect <laughs> some on their respect. name. Show Winning percentage to the Aggies. Come on, they're they're batting a thousand right now. They are yeah. batting a thousand. They won't after week after week one. They won't after this week. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, no. As much as I can't stand Alabama, and I, you know, I hate Nick Saban uh, just constantly. Um, no, I, I mean, I would be stupid to pick Utah State, but out of principle, I'm picking Utah State officially. Wow. Yeah. Out of principle. Out of sheer spite. Okay. Okay. Um, I, mm. The Aggies. Yeah. Utah State Aggies. There's no way. Upset no, of the I, year. I fully know. There's no way. But oh, we'll Just see. out of spite. Just out yeah, of spite. Just out of pure spite. Okay. <laughs> so, Let's talk about a subject that makes you happy, Cole. <laughs> that being I was about to say, LSU there football. Are, I was about to say, there are two games that we did not cover that are... Pretty important to both of us. One more than the other, but... Well, I mean, <laughs> look, LSU kicks off in a sold-out... Um, I can't call it the Tiger Mercedes... Stadium? Oh, wait, no, no. no. I can't the... say Mercedes-Benz Superdome anymore. Oh, you can't? Because it's not Mercedes-Benz. Was it the Caesar? No, it's, it's the, the Caesar, Caesar Superdome. Superdome. But the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is... Is the Falcons. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I, the reason I say Tiger Stadium is it might as well be at Tiger Stadium. Oh yeah, that is no, true. it's it's not a neutral site. For right, us. it's a home. <laughs> it's a, yeah, um, yeah. No, when I tell you that I am so excited for LSU football to be back, I am ready for this game. Um, I'm excited to see what Brian Kelly is going to do in his first game out. Florida State is a great opponent for us. They match up very well against our defense. Um, and they have a shot at beating us. Um, I'm not going to say they don't. A lot of people believe they have a very good shot. Um, here's my thing with LSU versus Florida State. <clears throat> if our secondary has not improved in the offseason, we're going to lose. Plain and simple. Um, they don't have a all-time great quarterback anymore. Right. They don't have, you know, a solid. They don't have a solid run game. They don't have a, you know, top ten offensive line. It is still Florida State, and Florida State is going to come out to compete one way or another. Um, LSU is favored by three, and I'm trying to find the spread. Um. Mm. Spread or the over under is fifty one for this game. 
I'll take the under on that one. Really? There's no way it's no. Um, FSU has beaten us seven times out of the nine times that we have played them. Wow. I think LSU comes out and makes the tenth game memorable, and we won it. Hands down. I think LSU stamps uh, Brian Kelly's era in which, you know, go Tigers. Um, I think LSU stamps Brian Kelly's era with a kickoff win. And I'm, yeah, I I can't pick against the Tigers. Come on now. (laughs) Come on. Um, What I'm looking for in this game, definitely the trench play. Um, Our offensive line is a lot better than it was last year. Obviously, we lost our starting right guard to the draft. Um, We brought up a five-star freshman out of Texas. He's going to be starting for us this past weekend, or uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about this game for sure. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, You know, Cole, you can't pick up against Tigers, but I can. So I'm gonna oh. take. So I'm gonna take LSU. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, come on now. Yeah, no, I psyched everyone out on that one. Um, you had me fooled. <laughs> had you in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I gotta take. I think it's a good matchup. I really do. But I gotta take LSU. And uh, I mean, the state of Louisiana. Come on, what? Yeah, come I mean, on. They, they gotta win this game. Um. I remember watching the Saints last season, and I remember Taysom Hill in uh, one of the interviews talking about what it's like to be in the Superdome, which I've never been. I always I like that in Death Valley on a Saturday night are the two things that I want to do on my bucket list. Um, Taysom said that it literally sounds like a jet engine starting up whenever the uh, other team's offense gets the ball. Oh wow! And I cannot imagine how that stadium is going to sound. So I am pumped. Hmm. I, it's going to be a good game Sunday night prime time. I I think Ooh. it's a great um, going to be a great game. But it's going to be a close game. I think uh, I think LSU has the better coaching staff. Okay. Um. And we talked about this last week. Florida State had a complete reno done from top to bottom. And when I mean top, I mean like the president. The president left, wanted to retire. The AD got fired or left. Really? And then um, the coach before Mike Norvell left. I mean, it was just a complete overhaul on Florida State. But now they got Mike Mike Norvell in. They got new uh, not coordinator, new athletic director, new president. So I mean. I just think, yeah, they cleaned house. Um, But I think I think LSU pulls out because I think Brian Kelly knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, right. He's definitely been in those big game situations before. Um, I don't think he's ever had, and no disrespect to Notre Dame, um, I don't think he's ever had a stadium quite like an LSU fan stadium. And I mean, what a way to open the season in the Superdome. He, he's it's gonna be an interesting one for him. Um, like I said, I like LSU. Who's the starting quarterback, Cole? They still haven't said it. It's funny because oh, West Virginia man. named theirs this week. 
No, they still haven't said it. Um, after Miles Brennan's sudden retirement, they right. still have not listed a QB1. Now, I do think if that did not happen, I think LSU would, would win by double digits. Oh, not yeah. not saying they'd blow him out. But that did shock me, and that was a little concerning. Yeah. <laughs> um, Still no, go Tigers, though. I think, yeah, I think they'll come out on time. I appreciate that. Thank right, you. Absolutely. Wow, a go Tigers from a rival fan. What a what a night this has been here on the Panther. I feel like I'm not done, saying roll. Tide. I, I feel like we've done some healing here, Cole. This I'm is not some saying good, This tide. is some great I'm therapy sorry. right here. I, I, I appreciate you coming on. I'm not going to insult. Don't worry. I'm I'm going to edit it out to where you will say to say not. I'll edit out the not and go say I will say <laughs> roll tide. I've got. I know a couple. I'm I'm friends with a couple. Well, I guess both Miami and uh, FSU fans. So that one was for the. The Miami fans. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Um, Owen, I'm not the only one who's excited. Oh, man. you haven't stopped talking about this game since it was announced. Dude, Can you please tell us, dude. The backyard brawl is back <laughs> after 11 years. It's back. The 105th edition of the backyard brawl is back. I call I uh, and Chandler. I told you this as well before off air. I am so excited for this game, but I am extremely nervous. I am scared to death of West Virginia losing this game. Scared to death. But there are some big positives for this game, though, for West Virginia. Number one, you bring in JT Daniels as your starting quarterback. Name right. this week. Graham Harold is your OC. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Former Packer, former Packer. There you go. Yeah, well, I wish he he should have had a longer NFL career, but right, hey, right. I'm glad he's the OC at West Virginia. He's a guru. Um, Jordan Leslie and his defensive staff they got it they got it rolling over there on the defensive side. Morgantown has kept things very close to the chest this year. There's there's not been a whole lot of talk out of Morgantown. At least your coaching staff has said who your starting quarterback is going to be. Dude, Brian. we knew. Dude, the starting quarterback was named when JT transferred. We no, knew. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> we that, knew yeah. who the starting quarterback was going to be. And if he wasn't, then that was an uh oh moment, yeah. or maybe a oh maybe things are other quarterbacks are better. I don't know. Right. JT's going to take that first snap under center for WVU. in those beautiful country roads uniforms. Chandler, have you seen the uniforms? I have. They. They are pretty. They, they are very pretty. They are my favorite away uniforms, and I hope we wear them again because they're like this is like a one and done uniform, and I hope it, that's not true. Like I want to see them wear these again. I, I'm so excited for this game. So excited. And here's another positive. Here's some more positive of why I think West Virginia will win this game. I'm going to say right now, West Virginia's. I I hope they win this game. I'm predicting them to win this game. All right, you have Pat Narduzzi. Okay, well, you lose a generational quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. You lose another generational talent in Jordan Addison, last year's Blitnikoff Award yes. winner, to USC. Right. What did uh, Pitt do last year? Oh, they threw the ball a ton. They lost to Western Michigan. You know what that score was? 42-41 <laughs> in Pittsburgh. That's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> And then you by the lose, numbers. Yep. And then you lose your OC and Mark Whipple to to Nebraska. I almost said North Carolina to Nebraska. You that's a lot of that's a lot to lose. Right. Yeah. Now they have returning players like they're seasoned 
and they are the ACC champs. But you lose Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison and Pat Narducci. I refuse to say his name correctly. (laughs) Uh, Mm. Pat Narducci has said that that, uh, he didn't like that they threw the ball so much last year. He wants to run it more. All right, run it at that uh, at that defensive line of West Virginia. You want to run it at Dante Steeles? You want to run it at Jordan Jefferson, Jaquay Hubbard? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, run that ball. See how far that gets you. See how far it gets you. I will make you throw it. And then we got that. We got a couple couple new safeties, cornerbacks that come in. Now they're not young guys. They've played. I think the uh, average was thirty snaps or thirty games, not thirty snaps. 30 games of football between the new transfers that came in. They came from Mercer and JMU, JMU now becoming a group of five team. All right. But that's yeah. still a lot of football to be played. You know, that's a lot of game in-game experience that you've got. So go ahead, throw it at that West Virginia defense. <laughs> run, it, run it up. You'll, you'll meet Dante Stills real quick. You'll meet Jordan Jefferson real, real quick. Pat Nar. I can't. Um, <laughs> Nard, uh, Narwhal, Pat Narwhal. There you go. There we go. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing: line pit by seven and a half. I think West Virginia covers. I, th- I think they absolutely. I think they beat Pitt by at least seven. It's going to be a close game. And if I have to give a score prediction, I'd say twenty-one fourteen. Wow. Um, the over under is fifty-one and a half. They hit the under on that real hard. There's no way that between those two. No, between those two defenses, there's no way. Um, You got Keaton Slovis, who's the starting quarterback at Pitt. I mean, he's 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 a decent quarterback, but 2019 was not his best season. He had 28 touchdowns for 17 interceptions. Um, Last year wasn't. I mean, he. I think last year he had 30 touchdowns for eight interceptions, and that was at USC. But I mean, that was a that was a bad year at USC. Yeah. Um, 66. A 66 completion percentage rating over there at USC. So, and, and if you remember correctly, Cole and and Chandler as well, is for Georgia when JT Daniels he started he was seven and zero before he got injured, and then Stetson Bennett comes in. He never JT Daniels never got beat out. He just got hurt right and couldn't return. Yeah. Same thing at USC. He started. He won the starting job at USC as a pretty much a senior in high school. He dra- he graduated early hmm. uh, from high school and then started at USC as a freshman. And then towards ACL, Keaton Slovis was the backup, by the way, with Graham Harrell being yes. the OC down there. Yes. And, again, Daniels never – you tear your ACL, that's a season-ending injury. You don't – I mean, you don't come back from that in in a season, you know. So, if Daniels can stay healthy, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting big things for West Virginia this year. Big, you, big things. You have consistently predicted big things for West Virginia this year. Exactly. I just feel like it's all lining up. Caden Prather on the offensive side, uh, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, Sam James, Reese Smith, or I'm sorry, not – yeah, no, Sam James I think is still there. So there's a, uh, all five of the O-line, everybody on the O-line returns. Wow. Everybody returns. And you move a couple guys around. Milam was at um, – right tackle last year, he's usually a left guard. Or I think it was vice versa. One of the two mm-hmm. that he was playing out of position. Uh, Brandon Yates, you, you, him and Wyatt Milam, you swap on the offensive line. So there's a lot of experience on that off- offensive line and you finally have gotten guys to play in the right position. And last year, 
as the game went on, West Virginia increasingly got better at the O-line. Now, our biggest struggle was Daigie, and he would hold on to the ball too long, wouldn't make great decisions. By the way, got beat out by an FCS transfer quarterback at Western Kentucky, then went to Troy and got beat out there too. If West Virginia can go to a bowl game with the, with Jarrett Daigie, what can we do with, uh, I don't know, JT Daniels? I'm, I've got big things this year. I am so excited. I cannot wait. for tom- By this time tomorrow night, I'm either going to be in tears of joy or tears of sadness. Same here. So, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm super stoked for this game. I'm taking my Mountaineers all the way, and I'm just praying, praying so much that they win. I, they need to win this game. Do you know that meme uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie Day is at the whiteboard with all the papers and the red? Like, oh, yes, 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 yes. He's like, that's what you sound like to me whenever you talk about <laughs> West Virginia. All these disconnects here. It's coming stars together. Are it's all, yeah, it's all coming. It's all um, coming together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but no, um, I agree with you. I think that West Virginia, and I know last week I was being petty. I said Pitt was going to win. Looking at West Virginia, I think West Virginia is the better team than Pitt. I think Pitt has had a lot of turnover this offseason. I think that they've lost some key components that they could not afford to lose. And I think West Virginia comes in and smacks him in the mouth. Q John Denver. Mm. Yes. Country roads. Yes. I got to take the Mountaineers. I yes. two scores here. I like it. Y'all are my favorite people right now. I just want to <laughs> let you know. I could cry. But, hey, cute country roads, but like me and Cole had said, too, you know, Sweet Caroline will be played. And from right. what I've heard, it will be played in the third quarter. Oh, in the third, third quarter. The third quarter. And they are, they're prepared for it. Like the coaches, the players, like Neil Brown had already said, hey, you'll understand the hatred when they play Sweet Caroline during that game. You'll hear our fans. You know what they say. Mm. Which has me hoping that I see Neil Brown mouth and Sweet Caroline down there on the sidelines. I wish Absolute that ruthless. Brian Kelly would have the same enthusiasm about Ned. <laughs> but I understand why he can't. Here's an interesting tidbit. for ruthless. I understand that as well. Here's an interesting tidbit for Neil Brown at his during his tenure at West Virginia. He's undefeated when the team has rushed for over 100 yards. Really? Now, I think that'll change this year, though, because you have solid quarterback play this year, yeah. and in an OC, he's finally turning over offensive play calling to Graham Harrell. So I think I think that'll change this year. But I mean, still get a hundred yards. If that means you go undefeated, please. Yeah, and I mean Absolutely. the passing game is going to open up the run game. Exactly. Absolutely. If you have if you have success, and uh, as long as you're not one dimensional, right, you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and then last little tidbit for the backyard brawl. So, sellout crowd. This is going to be. This is probably broken seating capacity records. I think oh, it has. It by the way, me. it's over seventy thousand people that will be in in um, formerly known as Heinz Field, uh, Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, is what it is now. That's so uh, it was, that's, that's weird. It is very weird. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't say anything about it because Mercedes Benz to Caesar, which makes it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better to but like. How do you rename Heinz Field? I, yeah, that especially to what it's named now. It's yeah. like if they change Lambeau to something. Yeah, yeah, if they were right, Lambeau exactly. to like State Farm Field. Ugh, yeah, <laughs> or State Farm. Discount, stadium. double check. Yeah, <laughs> change it. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, and, and there's always that saying that there's been, I think, four or five teams that can sell out Heinz Field. One being the Steelers. Right. Two being Penn State, Notre Dame, and West Virginia. Those are the four teams that can sell out Heinz Field. Notice one of them is not Pitt. Mm. Interesting little tidbit, isn't a little it? Shot right throw, there. Throwing, throwing the smoke. I, I, I am <laughs> the I'm throwing faithful. the fire, all right? I ain't throwing no smoke. It's straight fire over here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so sold out, selling standing room only right now. Vivid Seats has taken an estimate poll. I don't know how they conducted it, but they're a third, uh, third-party ticket company besides West Virginia and Pitt. They didn't, they, I guess, I don't know how they did it. But they figured out, Vivid Seats has estimated that the stands will be 75% West Virginia, 25% Pitt. Oh, really? I mean, we knew coming into it that it was basically going to be a home game for West it's Virginia. Just, yeah, it's just Mile Puskar Stadium in the north. That's all it yeah. is. <laughs> 70, it's just 75 miles away. You know, Odd that we have two stadiums. You never hear about that in college. Isn't that so weird? Gosh, how nice of them was to let us, you know. <laughs> just roll out the red carpet for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Backyard brawl, super excited, also really nervous. I'm super nervous for this game, um, but yeah. I Here, here's an honest question for you, Owen, and please answer me truthfully. If West Virginia loses to Pitt, will you still show up on Sunday to record our reaction? We'll see. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a wait and see moment. That's fair. I will text you in advance. Chandler, you might have to come on and co-host. Again. Hey, you know what? I'd, I'd be down with that. Yeah, there you absolutely. Go. So, um, but one little plug here for Chandler. You can find Chandler on Instagram at Chanimal. Is that, is that, yep. Yes, Chanimal sir. and then at the Chanimal on Twitter. So Chanimal on Instagram and at the Chanimal on Twitter if you want to give him a follow. It's going to be a great season here for Farham. Chandler, thank you so much for coming on. We've enjoyed it. We're Any so pumped last up. words for... You know, Farron fans, anything like that? I would just thank you guys for having me on. Uh, shout out to uh, Mom and Dad out there. Hey, there yeah, you go. Of course. Yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. And for that, I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. I'm Chandler Breeden. And this has been The Panther Pod. That's awesome. Oh.